Blog Talk Radio. All right. We want to say greetings to everyone and thank you all so much for joining us today. My name is Brother Hawk Bolden, and as usual, I'm so grateful to the Lord to be able to come before you and uh, to share with you those things that God has laid on my heart to share with you all. Amen. All right, so this morning we're going to talk some more about offense, and uh, today we're going to talk about overcoming offense and how you overcome it, because it is possible uh, to overcome offense. And when I say overcome, I mean not to just deal with it when it comes to you or, you know, when you have it, but to also um, overcome it to the point where you no longer have to deal with offense. Like Again, I say being offended is a choice, and you can choose not to be offended. You can choose not to allow situations to get to you. And uh, that's one of the things I've noticed. You know, when, you, when you're around older people, when you're around wiser people, it just seems like, you know, if you pay attention, you can see how things that would bug you don't bug them or don't bother them. And, you know, I like seeing that. I like seeing people being mature, and I like seeing people being uh, spiritually minded and not allowing uh, things that would bother the average person, not allowing it to bother them. I love seeing that. And if it's something that I struggle with, you know, especially in the past, if it was something that I struggled with, I would say, you know, that's good. That's, you know, I'm going to get like that. Because it just let me know that it is possible not to allow things to get to you, not to allow things to bug you, not to allow things to taint your spirit or whatever you want to call it. So overcoming offense. Let's go to the 12th chapter of the book of Romans. a very good chapter, uh, especially when you're talking about dealing with offense and how to overcome it. Uh, it is possible, again, to overcome it. You do not have to walk around playing the victim and, you know, woe is me and, and everybody's against me. Uh, as long as you have that mentality, you will constantly have perceived enemies, you know, people who you perceive to be your enemy. You will constantly... Your spirit man will constantly uh, be aggravated. You will always be agitated, and you, you will constantly go through things because of that defeated mindset. You know, basically, it, it often leads to depression. You will you will constantly deal with depression. You know, when you or offended, you know, you that offense is a doorway to depression. You see that when you constantly dealing with a defeated mindset and woe is me, nobody likes me, you're set basically again, you're making a God out of yourself, you're putting all of the attention on you and how you feel and it 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 also, you know, keeps you uh from being able to deal with others in a right manner. And what do I mean? When you're if you're that person that's always offended, you don't have what it takes in you. In, in you. you don't have what it takes um, to actually deal with people where they are, to be affectionate towards someone, or to even be available emotionally 
to someone when you're one of those people that's always authentic because the focus is always on you. And a lot of times, you know, and some of you, especially some of you women, uh, you think about, you may wonder, especially if you're single, why? where's your husband? Or if you're married, you may think, well, why is my husband not, you know, attached to me the way that he should be? And when you're one of those people, you're easily offended, uh, you push people away because of your own unavailability, you know, emotionally. You, if you, If the focus is always on you, then you don't have it in you to give it to give yourself to someone the way that you need to give yourself to them. You see that? And so everything in a relationship is geared around you and what you want and how you feel you want it and all of that. And eventually you'll wear somebody out because they're trying to please you and can't please you. It's like no matter what they do, it's not good enough, whatever the case is, because emotionally you are one of those people. You are emotionally draining people. You drain people emotionally when you're so self-centered. You see, and it's, I imagine it's hard for some people who are constantly offended to imagine themselves as being self-centered, but that's what you are. That's what causes you to get offended the way that you do, uh, that self-centeredness. You don't, you don't, you choose not to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. You choose not to look at things from another person's standpoint or another person's view. And because of that, um, you come across as very selfish, which is what you are, selfish. And you, basically you become your own worst enemy because while people may want to get close to you, while people may be interested in dating you or getting to know you better, you'll push them away with your self-centeredness. You'll push them away with, you know, you'll push them away with your your inability to be available emotionally to them. It's like you've made a God out of yourself, and you're not happy unless they do the same, make a God out of you. You see that? Of course, that's not God's will. So the 12th chapter of the book of Romans, we're going to start reading at verse 1. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, and it tells you how to be transformed, by the renewing of your mind. So that's part of it. That's part of how you overcome offense. Your mind is renewed. You no longer think the way you used to think. You're no longer that selfish person that you were before. And I'm telling you, it, 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 it amazes me how many people who claim to be believers have a very, very selfish attitude. It's like, and it boggles my mind that they're not even aware of the condition that they're in. That's what's scary. And, you know, then they can hear this message. They can hear this message, and they may think, you know what, sister so-and-so, boy, she would, a brother so-and-so, they would really be blessed by this message. They really need to hear. And the very ones that are saying that are the ones that this message is for. That's self-centeredness. You see that? You don't, self-centered people don't have the ability to apply, to apply the word to themselves. It takes God to open up their understanding. And so your mind needs to be renewed. You need to think differently. You need to think according to God's word. And let me make this clear. It's impossible 
for you as a believer to be self-centered when you have crucified your flesh. It is impossible for you to be self-focused when you have crucified your flesh. When flesh is dead, it no longer thinks about itself. It, it no longer places itself on a pedestal above other people. You see that? It's impossible for that to happen when flesh has been crucified. And so many of our people in the churches today, they, so many of them have a point to prove, uh, have been hurt, have gone through a lot of hurtful situations, hurtful relationships, and they have become what those hurtful relationships have made them, and they don't realize it. People have become, unless God has healed them, people have become what hurtful relationships have created them to be. They have adjusted. They have flanked, you know, around these relationships. They have made decisions that have created them to be who they are now. Uh, They have developed habits. They have become who these hurtful relationships have created them to be, and then they expect some other man or some other woman to deal with that ugly creation. You see that? What is it? Offense. People get offended, and they live in offense, and that's not God's will. So verse 3 of the 12th chapter of the book of Romans, it says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Everybody see that? So that's step number one. Don't think of yourself more highly than what you are. I'm telling you, when you think highly, look at what it says, more highly than you ought to think. Now, that don't mean your mind is just way high somewhere. But if you just think of yourself just a little bit more higher than what you ought to, I'm telling you that is a setup from the devil. It's a setup from the devil. And we have a lot of that in the body of Christ as well. People are high-minded. And we don't want to just say high-minded because we don't want people to excuse themselves. People high-minded means thinking of yourself more highly. It don't mean that you think that you're all of that necessarily. Now, that's part of it. You see, it don't mean just that. It means just think of yourself just a little bit more higher than what you are, and you'll be out of the will of God. It don't mean that you have to think that you're more than everybody. It don't mean that you have to have this very high mind where you just got to have the best of everything. That don't mean just that. Just think of yourself more highly than what you ought to. You see that? You're a private, but you're thinking of yourself as a uh, sergeant. You don't think of yourself as a general. You're a sergeant or a lieutenant or a captain. You're, you're thinking of yourself as a sergeant. In other words, you don't have to reach for the highest thing to be high-minded is what this is saying. So he said not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. You know what that means? You're aware. You're conscious. You remind yourself that outside of Christ, you're really nothing outside of him. You remind yourself of where you come from. I think it's amazing to me that God created man from the dust of the ground, something that we walk on all the time. And 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 God, that's God's will of letting you know what he thinks about your flesh. 
is dust. Eventually, it'll go back to the to the ground. I don't care how pretty of a coffin they put you in. If you leave here before the Lord comes, you, you, you're going to turn into dust again. That's where you come from. And it's that if you look at your flesh, that is a constant reminder to you of what you are outside of Jesus Christ, what you are outside of God. We didn't become a living soul until God breathed into us. It's amazing to me how much emphasis people put on dust, how much emphasis put on dirt, how much emphasis they put on dirt. You see that? It's amazing to me. You're valuable because of God, what he's breathed into you. This flesh is not valuable at all. You see that? It is not valuable at all. And in fact, it is an enemy to the kingdom of God. This flesh is. That's why you have to crucify it. The flesh, you know, won't even go to heaven. Can't go there. You see that? So it says, verse 3, for I say, through the, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. In other words, be realistic. Be realistic according to the word of God. What all did flesh accomplish for God? You see that? What all can you accomplish acting in flesh? Nothing. You bring a reproach. Surrendering to flesh, that's why flesh has to be crucified, you see. It says, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. You see that? So in other words, you think soberly by, you look around and you say, you know what? Everybody has the same chance to come to God that I do. And even if I believe in God and even if I'm further along, even if I've surrendered to the Lord and they haven't, there was a time when I wasn't surrendered to the Lord. See, that's thinking soberly. You know what? They may be struggling in a certain area that I'm not struggling in, but that don't mean that I didn't have my struggles and that God didn't have to help me to overcome my struggles. You see, so you you think soberly. You think across the board. But when you're self-centered, when you're one of those people that can be offended easily, then everything is filtered through what you see and what your mind is towards things versus what the general situation would be. In other words, generally across the board. How do I weigh this when I invite everybody in, in other words? It's not just, you know what, I I think it's this way, and I'm the king of my own castle, and my thought is the only one that counts. You see that? You're You're not thinking that way. You're thinking soberly. You see that? Verse 4, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. You see that? So it's hard for you to get offended when you realize that you are a part of the body of Christ and that all members have their different gifts, but all members are a part of that same body, and they're members one of another. I remember times, there were times in the past where I may have been building something, I may have been working on something, and I may have been using my right hand because I'm right-handed, so I may have been using my right hand to drive a nail. Now, of course, generally speaking, whenever you're driving a nail, you start it off, you're holding it with the other hand. You're holding it to get it started with the other hand, and so you're driving that nail, and there have been times my right hand have hit 
my left hand, missing the nail, or maybe the hammer slipping off of the head of the nail and hitting my thumb, my fingers that were holding that, that nail. And not one time that I did not, I felt the pain of it. I, I felt that's painful, you see that? It makes you more careful to be more careful later on, I can tell you that. And I could feel the pain of that. But since my right hand is the same part of, is the part of the same body that my left hand, my right hand, it does not have the ability to get offended at the, or my left hand, the hand that was hit, did not have the ability to get offended at my right hand. They're part of the same body. Part of the same body. So my right hand, my left hand doesn't say, well, you know what? I don't want anything to do with you, right hand. You should have drove that nail better than that. You need to start practicing. They realize they have to work together. You see that in here. And so it is impossible for the left hand to have nothing to do with right hand. They have to work together. You see? And so you may think well, that's kind of a silly example, but you know this Bible says that we're all members of one another. And when we're all members of one another, we don't have the opportunity. It's, it's, it's pretty much impossible when you realize you're a member of one another. It's almost impossible for you to get offended at another member. It's, it's, it's virtually impossible. And that's the way God wants you to see it. You cannot walk around as a Christian constantly getting offended at people. It shows you that something is wrong in your heart. It shows you that there's some self-centeredness there that should not be there. It shows you also that you have not crucified your flesh. Let's go and keep reading. In fact, let's go down to verse 9 of the 12th chapter of the book of Romans. It said, let love be without dissimulation, in other words, without hypocrisy, Abhor that which is evil, please to that which is good. So it's talking about, when it's talking about dissimulation, it's talking about separation. Let love be without hypocrisy. In other words, I don't love you more, and I don't want to cling to you more, and then just let go of this person because this person has rubbed me the wrong way. That's what it's talking about. Love is love, and it don't care. Love is going to love everybody. If, if you have the love of God on this side of you, you can't help but to love people because that love is a part of you. You take, when you have the love of God on the inside of you, you take love one person more than you love the other. So it's, it's, it's impossible for you to be partial towards people. Well, I like you more because of this, and we jive more, you know, but I don't love you. Now, it don't mean that you're going to be friends, best friends with everybody, but you will love everybody. And you're not going to be partial, you know, one towards the other. You, you're not, it's impossible for you to be that way when you have the love of God on the inside of you. And so it's impossible. That, now, let me make this clear. I've been around people that get offended. And, and you know what happens? Sometimes people can pick and choose who they get offended at. You can take one person, they can chew them, that, that person can mistreat them, do them wrong, and do all of these other things towards them, and they'll accept it. And then one person look at them the wrong way in their minds or what they perceive or step on their toe or whatever, and it's just an all-out war. In other words, when people get offended, they pick and choose a lot of times who they want to be offended at. It's usually something in the hearts of people that causes them to be that way. And it's not godly. 
it's an evil, it's, it's, that offense ought to show you there is an evil presence in your heart somewhere. And it's oftentimes God's grace and mercy trying to let you know, hey, it's something not right here. It's something that you need to deal with. You see that? Go ahead and keep reading. It says, verse 9, let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that, in other words, hate that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. So in other words, when you see offense, trying to attach itself to you. It's basically telling you to get away from that. You deal with that right away and walk away from that. And But you cleave to that, which is good. You know offense doesn't lead to anything godly. You know that. Offense doesn't lead to anything godly. So what's the point of even allowing it to become a part of you? What's the point of even taking it on if you know that it, it doesn't, it's not going to cause you to speak in tongues. Offense doesn't cause you to, to heal anybody. Offense doesn't work the gifts of God on the inside of you. So what's the purpose in holding on to it? You see that? Verse 10, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. You see what that means there? Let me read that again. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. In other words, you're esteeming people higher than yourself. You see that? You're esteeming people higher than yourself. You don't think you're more than somebody else. In, in fact, you think other people are more than you. You you see that? Let's go and keep reading. Verse 11, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patience, Patient in tribulation, continuing in in prayer, in other words, diligently in prayer, distributing to the necessity of thanks given to hospitality. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you, that, that's a big one there. That's a big one there. People get offended, and they, they, they don't have any kind of hospitality. And, you know, it's always amazing to me that people say they have the love of God on the inside of them and, and not hospitable to anybody. You know, you don't know what the inside of the house looks like. They're not hospitable to anybody. You see that? that that's always amazing to me. But we got the love of God on the inside of us. Go and keep reading. Verse 15, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that do weep. That weep. Be of the same mind, one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend. In other words, the opposite of elevate. You descend to men of low estate. In other words, you're you're not thinking about, oh, this person has this, this, and this. That's who I want to hang around. This says to condescend to men of low estate. You're not high minded, so you're not thinking about being seen with people with big names. You see that? Be not wise in your own conceit. Verse 17, recompense to no man evil for evil. Now, that's what offense is. If you could take offense and materialize it, what it looks like is, you think about what offense is. Offense that's materialized is sowing evil for evil. In other words, returning evil for evil. Let me explain when you're talking about offense, you, you got when you have one team against another playing, 
the defense stops the team from scoring against them. Offense scores against the other team. In other words, by nature, offense returns things. It's offense causes action against. It's not just they're blocking. Okay, I don't want you to go past this point. It basically takes action. It reacts, and it takes action against the perceived aggressor. It becomes aggressive. And so when he says recompense no man's evil for evil, what does offense do? Even if you don't say anything when you're offended, your actions are going to show it. Your actions are going to show that you're offended, which is really an offense. In other words, it's you being aggressive towards that person. You don't have to say a word. Your actions will show it. So he's saying recompense to no man evil for evil. It's impossible for you to be offended and walk in offense when you're obeying this scripture here, the recompense to no man evil for evil. Do you know it's evil for you to be offended? That's, that's evil. God no, you don't have a right to be offended. That's that's evil. And especially some of you that go out of your way to let let people know that you're offended at them. You see that 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 is evil. Look at what that says. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. So what happens is people play this little game with offense. I'm offended at you. Now I've had people do that to me, and I, it don't bother me. That's your soul. I'm offended at you, so when you speak to me, I'm not going to speak back. I'm offended at you, so, you know, naturally so, we will be around one another. I'm going to go out of my way not to be around you. You see that? You, you, you're not even providing things on it. In other words, and then you'll walk around saying, oh, I'm fine. Ain't nothing wrong. I'm, I, I love everybody. You're not being, when you're offended, it's impossible for you to provide things honest in the sight of all men. It's impossible, in other words, for you to walk in integrity when you are offended. You're walking around in a lie when you're offended. You see that? Now, the devil ain't going to tell you, but I'm telling you, you're walking around living a lie when you're offended. Especially if you call yourself a believer. What is the lie? That you love people the way that God loved them and can still get offended at people. No, 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 no. You don't have the love of God when that when when you're walking around offended and easily offended at that. We're going to keep reading. Verse eighteen. If it be possible as much as liveth in you, live peaceably with all men. Now, it's very few people in this world that you can't live peaceably with, that you can't at least get along with. But when you're offended, you're gonna go out of your way not to live at peace. Aggravate you when people are walking around trying to live in peace with you and there's no peace there for you to give back. Go and keep reading. Verse 19, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Why is it saying that? That's what we're talking about, offense. You know why? Because when people are offended, they feel like they have to avenge themselves. They feel like I have to make this person pay some kind of weight, even if it's just me holding something in my heart towards you. Do you know that? That's that's a way of you trying to make somebody pay by you holding something in your heart towards them, and it really aggravates you when they're not paying you any never mind when they just going on about their life living, 
and you walking around mad about to have a heart attack and choke out of here. You see that? Go ahead and keep reading. Verse 20, therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou hold the fire on his head. So that, that's talking about not real enemies. Now, not because some of y'all, y'all don't even have, y'all don't even have anything to be offended about. A lot of that, when you're one of those people, you can get offended easily. The devil got you that way. You're offended about things that aren't true. You're offended about things that the devil have shown to you. You're offended at your own perception as being filtered through past hurt. Now, this is talking about real enemies. Somebody that's really trying to kill you. Somebody that's really doing something wrong to you. Not this whole, oh, this person looked at me the wrong way. Oh, they don't. They didn't call me when I was sick. No, that's not your enemy. That's just your expectations that will set you up. You see that? Let's go and read verse twenty-one. It says, "Be not overcome of evil." That's what offense does. When you get offended, you have already been defeated. When you're offended, when you want those people that you can get off, already been overcome. And God is telling you, you don't have to be overcome by evil. When you get to the place where you have been gotten offended, evil have already overtaken you. And you have to make a decision. You know, I'm not going to get offended. I can't change people, but I can change how I receive people, my perception of people. You see, that that's what it takes. But don't allow the enemy to cause you to be overcome with evil. This is what it says. How did you overcome it? But overcome evil with good. If you're one of those people you're struggling with offense, that's just a constant in your life, the Bible says you overcome evil with good. You overcome that offense with good. How so? That person that you're offended at, how about just having a conversation with them? How about just doing good to them, loving them? How about praying for them? When you do those things, it's impossible for offense to remain there. Why? Because God will begin to deal with your heart, and now you're open to the fact of, hey, maybe it's me. Maybe all of these pet peeves that I've got, they're setting me up. Maybe I need to renew my mind. Maybe I need to get rid of these pet peeves that I have, or maybe I need to look a little bit deeper and make sure that I don't have something in my heart towards this one individual. Maybe. It's the evil spirit on the inside of me that hates the spirit of God on the inside of them. Maybe they said something to correct me for my own good, and I didn't want to receive it. So maybe my offense is based on my lack of relationship with the Lord himself. You see that? When you do good to overcome evil, then you open yourself up for God to show you what's really taking place. And that's when he does that. Amen. So we want to say thank you all again for joining us today. We pray that something was said that has been a blessing to you, and we look forward to sharing more of God's word with you in the future. Have a blessed day.